1: You're listening to the and Land Man podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the and Land Man. Rack bucks down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Hey, 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 hey! Here we are, episode three of the and Land Man podcast, brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. You know, last episode we had Alex Riser on with Southern Ag Credit. He told us all about loans and financing and what you need to do to get ready. To buy your own piece of uh, dream property. Today, we've got Scott Lindsay. Uh, if you're from our local area, I guess uh, Scott will be uh, the infamous, uh, the legend. I guess he was almost as good at me at selling real estate 10 years ago. So, uh, you know, I like to start these things off edgy, so I'll go ahead and, and shoot one from the hip right there. But Scott, thank you for coming. If y'all don't know who Scott is, Scott is the, uh, I call him my boss, um, he is the broker at Southern States Realty, and um, he is uh, kind of the go-to when it comes to, if we have any problems or anything to work out, I always say Scott's the best at fixing problems of any real estate uh, agent besides me, of course, that, uh, that that I know, and I always say the difference between a good agent and a great agent, a good agent and a great agent is uh, fixing problems, and Scott's one of the best at that, so Scott, I gave you some compliments and some hits. So thank you for coming.
2: Thank you for that introduction, Slade, in and thank you for inviting me to your new house. It's nice, and all your deer heads. I'd like to take credit for some of those, but uh, I did introduce you to that guy. Which guy? Oh, Paul, you did. I did introduce you to Paul Fountain. Yeah, that was
1: my Iowa deer sitting back behind you, and those of you who are watching the middle deer. He is, he is a booner, if you didn't know. Yeah, I know. Something that y'all don't know out there listening, Scott... And his wife actually sold me the property where my home property is. He, uh, he took yeah. advantage of me a little bit there. This,
2: this property, my wife, this was her father's property, and she inherited it several years ago. And uh, we kept it for a few years, and it just wasn't part of our homestead. It wasn't part of where we were you know, raising our family and the piece of property that we were putting together over on the other side of Amitt County on the Amon River. So we just didn't have need for it. And uh, it was right where Slade needed to be, and, boy, he did a good job with it. Well, uh, something else that our viewers out there, uh, Scott is
1: actually possibly new Ryan back there behind the cameras, uh, future follow. And look, new Ryan is literally sitting in a corner and he's also backed in a corner in his life because he could lose his job, his father-in-law, his girlfriend all in one foul swoop. It's a it's a tough, tough position
2: to be in. I went to his girlfriend two or three times before we hired new Ryan. I said, this is going to be really awkward if you run him off. So um, he's here for right now. He's here. And he, he's doing such a great job He's come a long way in, in three years He's come a long way
1: Well look, we hope y'all have enjoyed the first two episodes of the podcast Look, we're learning Just as y'all are listening We're we're learning how to do these things And uh, how to make the audio better How to make the guests better And I, Alex, I don't know if we're getting better or worse after you But we've got Scott here um, You know, I would say that I planned for weeks to have Scott on I did tell him I was going to have him on one day But he was convenient to get on So, uh Anyway, he's here. Well, what we want to talk about today, um, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is to educate our viewers on on how to buy land and, and how to make good decisions with their money when it comes to land. And today we're going to talk about value. Now, we live in southwest Mississippi and we work Mississippi and Louisiana, and that's where our company, company uh, normally works. But this is, can really be applied to anywhere in the country. Uh, I'll kind of start it off with okay. So we're we're sitting right now. I'm in Wilkeson County. We're almost in Amet County where Scott lives. Uh, some of the most popular counties in the state, you know, there's some stuff up. I'd say around uh, maybe just north of Jackson, the Madison area, and maybe some of the farm ground areas. It's a little more valuable. But for our neck of the woods, probably the most valuable recreational property is right here on the state line. Now Scott knows this, but our viewers don't know this. Uh, the reason this cost more right here
2: is scott it's location distance to the buyer how far they want to drive it's it's the convenience of they can get here most of our buyers pool is driving north we we know that and this is the first stop when they cross the state line yeah so basically what we mean by that it's funny it's like every
1: minute you go farther north For the most part, you know, you go a little bit down in price. It's like a a, a minute north is a dollar less for the property. And so right where I am, I'm about three miles north of the state line. And I can be in Baton Rouge, Interstate, or Tiger Stadium. I can be in Tiger Stadium in about an hour from where I'm sitting right now. So if someone were to live in Baton Rouge, they can be here in an hour in Wilkeson or Amick County. Or if they live in New Orleans, they can be here in two hours. And, you know, you can apply that anywhere to South Louisiana. And South Louisiana... You know, not it's sportsman's paradise, Louisiana is, but not necessarily known for the big tracks of land, large deer hunting, like the Felicianas in the edge of Louisiana and the properties all around here are are known for. But um, like Scott said, most of our buyers come out of Louisiana. And look, I know that there's a lot more people than than this locally, listen to this podcast, and I hope it is. But this can be applied to uh, a lot of different areas. Uh, An area Scott and I have hunted with some fellow realtor friends of ours up in, um, that's Pike County, uh, not Illinois, Pike County, Missouri, right across the river from Pike County, Illinois. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, it's an hour and a half from uh, St. Louis, right? about
2: an hour north of St. Louis.
1: And it's the same thing applies to there. It's drive time. And, And it's funny because... You can almost be too close. I've heard my clients talk about, look, I need to be farther than 45 minutes away from the house because you can almost be too close sometimes. You need to get away. But, uh, what I'm saying by that is it can be applied to anywhere in the country. You know, it doesn't matter if you're here or Missouri or I'm sure there's places like this all over the country. And something I kind of want to bring to light was, um, you know, how does this apply to you when you're going to, okay, last week we talked about loans. How can you afford a place? Okay. Now we, we figured out how we're going to afford it. Okay. Now, how do we decide where we want to be and, uh, you know, where we want to buy that land and what type, and we'll go into that next podcast or maybe what types of land you need to be looking at. But, um, you know, when we're talking about location, Scott said it best, drive time. Okay, so uh, I tell my clients all the time, I said, listen, if you want more bang for your buck, drive farther north. You know, you can go up to Holmes County and buy stuff that in Wilson County would cost you $3,500 an acre. In Holmes County, it might cost you sixteen or $1,800 an acre. And I'm being pretty general with this, but, you know, uh, the same thing if you go into— um, you know, you get Franklin County and then a little farther north. You know, it's not quite as bad there, but you, you, the farther you get away from Highway 61, Highway 55, and easy drive times, you know, the 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 less the property is worth, and that comes back to a question of value. You know, just because it's, uh, you know, it costs less doesn't mean the value is there. And what I mean by that, I talked to Scott about this earlier. We were discussing is, okay, in Wilkeson County, uh, let's just use a roundabout figure. If somebody says, "Slay, what is property cost in Wilkeson County?" Well, that's a Big, that's a big gray area, but let's just say $3,000, $3,500 That's pretty fair, okay? Um, you say, "Well, I don't want to pay that much for property." You know, that's a whole lot of money to be paying for property. Uh, but Scott, I guarantee you, you've had this, you've heard this. I've had clients call me and say, "Slade, I looked at that some of that stuff, or maybe even I bought some of that stuff in Holmes County or in uh, you know, Kapai County where New Ryan's from, or something like that." And what do they do? I don't get to go to it, so they, you know, they call us about selling it.
2: They want to sell it because it's too far. They thought they got a deal because it was priced differently, but they did what they didn't take into consideration is what was on the property when they bought it. They didn't take into consideration the timber. They didn't take it. A lot of people will see a piece of property thirty five hundred is pretty much they're they're willing to look at that. But if you get up up over that number, you get to thirty eight hundred four thousand dollars an acre. Even if the value's there in timber or some type of water attribute or camp, they just shy away from those listings because of where they're priced. But then they'll look at something further north and they'll say, well, how come this property is only 1,800 an acre? And and the answer is, it's just not as much demand there as it is here because of the driving distance. One of the first things that I ask when someone contacts me, you have to know their budget to get started because that, that saves so much time. But the second question is, Where do you live and how far do you want to drive? Because that makes a huge difference. And then you have to explain to them, all right, well, for that budget, this is what you can get in that area. And and it fluctuates not only more dramatically north to south, but east to west it fluctuates. Getting further off the river it fluctuates. So you just have to really educate them on if it breaks down, break down each component of each area, to let them know what they're getting for their, for their budget. Scott, you said something when we were talking in the kitchen earlier,
1: talking about um, from east to west. Talk about, you know, how we talked about, you know, Highway 55 being the Biden line and how crazy that is. And really, it doesn't mean anything, but it it does but
2: it doesn't. Yeah, it does. It means, well, the Mississippi River, the Mississippi River Delta, and even as far as you get where we are, we have the bluff area until you get north of Vicksburg. But that area is just known for the genetics that are there. The Mississippi River bottom bucks that everybody wants, the mystique of here, if you know they used to say, you know if you're hunting big bucks, if you can hear a tugboat. And so many people still still go by that. But that's kind of changed. We we talk about it. Um Slade made a statement that I've heard him say before. He he'd rather be in a, a lesser quality area with better neighbors than a better quality area with poor neighbors. So for us, we see the difference, but we're still in the process of educating. And you know, Wilkeson County dirt, Ament County dirt, it's high because of the demand and where it's located. But you get east of the interstate, and it and it falls off some. And it's it it's not because that there are less deer. It's not because of the poor quality. You can still manage and grow good deer there. It's just. People are hung up on the mystique of this area and it's a great area. This is where it's where I chose to live. It's where Slade chose to live. But when people start budgeting, they really have to decide, do I want to invest in, you know, a hundred acres from right here, or can I go over here and get 150? What's more important? And that, that's where our job comes in is showing them what the difference is. See Scott just just touched on a good point,
1: and, and I said this earlier, and he knows this, but I guess I brought it to light earlier. Okay, what he meant by that was uh, he would re- he said. I would rather be in a uh, worse area with good neighbors versus a good area with bad neighbors. And what I guess a good example of that is if you were in, say, Wilson County, what we consider a really good area, but you had bad neighbors shooting young deer, shooting the wrong deer, or shooting too many deer, versus being, let's say, east of the interstate, which we would traditionally call not as good a deer hunt, but you've got good landowners shooting nothing but mature deer, I mean, it doesn't matter how good your area is. If the deer don't get enough birthdays, they're not going to get big. You know, I, I don't care if you got the best quality soil in the, soil in the world. Uh, you know, it um deer, you know, deer are are not going to get good quality. It's something, Scott. I, I wanted to mention until you talking about good soil and good quality. Uh, I was in Disney World last week, of all places. I, Put that off as long as you can. But anyway, um, on our way up, it's a lot of the same species of trees. We were driving up north through Florida, and it's a lot of the same species. And it was funny to see the trees that I know are the same species, but in a lesser quality soil. And you know how they look a little bit yeah, different? Sandy soil. Right. And, and me and my dad were talking on our nine-hour trek back over here. And, you know, if that'll do that to an oak tree, you know, how much will it do to a deer's Side horns? index
2: is a lot lower. That's right. Same on the genetics.
1: Same on genetics as a deer. So basically, what it, and I know a lot of people listening know this, but typically, I mean, there's different areas, do different things. But typically, in general, you know, the closer you are to the Mississippi River, the better quality soil, the better quality deer you get. And traditionally, the farther north you go in a deer's home range, the bigger quality deer it with the asterisk of small areas with good genetics and good neighbors. There's certain areas in this county uh, where my family's place is. His dad tells me all the time. Pop tells me all the time. He says, man, it don't matter. Way before y'all bought that place, it's been big deal on that place. I was actually with a landowner before I came over here. He was saying the same thing, Bubba was. But um, so back to what Scott was talking about, you know, uh, typically everybody wants to be over by the river. But of course, you know, it's so important, and that's our job as realtors. You know, every property, I think me and Alex may have spoke on this, but I talk about this all the time, every property is different. So if, uh, let's say New Ryan, he, he's a client, and he comes up, and he's got his family, and his, his see, we all look through property through our filters, like like every property's got to fit, and I, I was like this when I started being a realtor. Everybody's, everybody's property's got to fit what I want, but that couldn't be more
2: Wrong. You have. You to know get where yourself. I'm going. Yes, you have to get yourself out of the way. That was the biggest problem I had. I wanted to sell them what I wanted. Right. But that's not what they want. You have to take a step away from it and really listen to what their objectives are. My objectives would be 150 inch deer every year. I, I see 120 inch deer most of the season when you go hunting. When you hunt as much as we do, you see that. That could be their objective, and that can be achieved in a lot of places. And. So,
1: so basically, what we mean by that is, you know, there. I tell, I hear Scott's told stories before. There may be clients out there that their goal is for their kid to shoot an eight point buck. Like, it, and I didn't say a two year old, a one year old, a five year old. I said an eight point buck. And if guess what? As much as I love big deer management things like that, I have to always take a step back. A step back. If a client wants to spend his hard earned dollar and he wants to shoot, yes. Anything he
2: wants to, that's, hey, that's the American dream for him, you know? Right, and our and as our, what we've seen in the last, you know, 20 years is we've seen the age class of the buyer coming down, and that buyer has smaller children. It isn't, Grandpa's not buying the land anymore. Daddy's buying it, and he has small kids that he wants to introduce to this, and there's no way to, to lose a kid's attention in hunting than to constantly keep the gun out of his hands. You can't shoot that deer. Can't shoot. He's going to lose interest quickly. And so, so everyone's objectives aren't the same. We were blessed to grow up. Look, I shot a, I drug a lot of deer to the skin and rack that had two points and four points, five points. And, and that instilled a fire to, to do something different. But there are so many people who haven't had that opportunity that we had. That's a hundred percent right. Scott,
1: you, touched on a point you said you feel like the age class of buyers has come down do you
2: have it you think you know why I mean is it I I, I think they're these buyers the the value of recreation and family time I think has come up so the age class of the buyers coming down because they're seeing value in going to the camp and I think that's I think that's huge for the family center with when mama's involved and the kids are involved and it you know it's not the nasty dirty deer camp anymore you know someone puts up a nice barn dominium they put up a nice camp where, where the whole family can go enjoy it it just makes a big difference yeah and, and kind of what
1: I thought to that topic you know the, it used to be so everybody has a family land or a buddy now well Buddy hunting has gotten less and less because lease prices and, and values of land gotten so much more. So I guess the guy my age who says, I want my family to grow up like me, and he's having to step up to the plate.
2: You know, look, when I was growing up right here in Centerville, just, just on the other side of town, I lived on Dominic Road, and I could hunt from Lower Centerville Road to Highway 48. It was all company land except for one tract that Brent Casting on, and none of it was leased. It was just open, free hunting. We could hunt it. And then in the 80s, the, these timber companies started leasing their land. And they'd get 2 or $3 an acre. Well, every, you know, the local guys were just, I can't believe they're charging us to hunt. We've been hunting here for years. And then the lease price is just, and so if you weren't willing to pay, you didn't get to play anymore. And we just continued to see it see go up. So you had to have a lease. And now where we are now, look, some of the hardest conversations I've had are with deer camps because I just sold their lease out from under them. And I had to go tell them, I had to go to two thousand acres in Wilkinson County on a week before Bow season opened and tell them they had a week to get off. And that's a hard conversation and they're mad at me. But that, you know, we sold their property and there's nothing, you know, we we that's tough. So now you're having to pay even more to play. And but I think that's why the age class is coming down because some of these guys were in those clubs that got sold and then they had to sit out a year. They were on the sidelines and they wanted to get back in. And in getting back in, they wanted to get back in, you know, with a family unit. Yeah, I had that same thing. We've had it happen a lot, but I had it this year with
1: a guy, you know, I'm showing his property right in the middle of, I've had this place leave for 40-something years.
2: Yeah. Man, and I had a guy who said a couple choice words to me, and I finally said, man, I'm just doing my job. And that's a, in that particular case you're talking about, that wasn't even an out-of-town buyer. That's a local buyer. Mm-hmm. The local buyer done well for himself and wanted to invest for his family locally. And um, you know, probably 80% of the time we we are catering to the out of town buyer, but you know, the even the local buyer has realized that, you know, we got to step up here because it's not the way it used to be. And that's funny that
1: it's funny how you get the lid into these parts of these conversations. That buyer in particular, we won't mention any names, he's selling a property that's 10 plus hours out of town. And you know why he's selling that property? The hunting over there is unbelievable. Deer hunting, turkey hunting, which you I may get some turkey hunting over there. You don't know that, but I may get to do a turkey hunting on before we sell that place over there. But anyway, he's selling because his children, who are my age, uh, they don't get to go because they have young children like I do, and they don't get to go. So I said, you know what? It doesn't matter how good the hunting is. You know, if it's nine hours away, if my family can't go, I don't care how good it is. That's not what it's about as much as. The kid killing their first deer, catching their first fish, hearing the turkey gobble. I mean that you know that's that's more what it's about. And the older I get, you know, they say hunters go through stages, the more I, the older I get, the more I get it. You know, um I I watched a five-year-old deer on cell cam this year walk all around. I could have killed him in daylight, and it's the first time in my life this year that I said, I wonder what he'll do next year. I was like, I wasn't as mad at him. Now, I've already started getting mad at him for next year because Six six is plenty of birthdays, but I've already started getting mad at him. He's got protein feeding his feeder, and I've already decided what trees I'm cutting down and where I'm going to hang my stand for the wind. But it's funny how you, you change what you want to do in your hunting career. It's like this place I have right here where I built my house. This is my dream place. I can sit right there and sip coffee and, and look at deer in the front yard. When I pulled up here, Scott was already here, and there was deer in the backyard. You know, my little girl, Asa, you know, every morning we see deer in the front yard.
2: The deer Jack killed this year. um really nice deer we the deer was in the yard a lot and my wife has a rule we can't shoot them in the yard that we have to lure them out of the yard yeah. but that was a five plus year old deer in the 140s mm-hmm. that we we knew from last year and we we managed to do that on our place and it makes it all worthwhile and
1: i would venture to say that that deer will get talked about bigger than more than the deer jack Iowa this year
2: yeah, that was a lot more fun. You go to Iowa and you just Jack has a tremendous opportunity in Iowa because of the programs that they have for for disabled children, but you go up there and you have the opportunity to kill a trophy deer like like Slade has here, like Jack's had the opportunity to kill. And um but the deer that that you name in July Mm -hmm. And you see over and over, and you you get the cell cam footage of him. And I I actually bow hunted the deer until he moved. He moved from the far south of our property. He moved up to the yard, and then we had to lure him over into one of Jack's food plots to kill him. But that deer was, was great, and the deer from last year that we hunted all year long. So you know, Scott, I, I get to hear it every day at the
1: office, and you know, during turkey season, you know, you get four or five people. I'm sure most turkey hunters do that you talk to every morning, either before the hunt or after the hunt or both. Usually, I call me and Scott usually talk about five in the morning on the way to wherever we're going hunting. And uh, there was a turkey. Was that two years ago
2: that you hunted so many days? Hunting for twenty days,
1: twenty days. And and Scott said, you know, I'll give him this. He's a really good turkey hunter, and if he hunted him twenty days, um, he was a smart. Turkey and I got to hear all the stories and it co it was some funny uh, he, he and that was right was what I'm getting eating. at is that's right there in Scott's Yard he left the house every morning walking walking and and I would venture to say of any turkey you ever hunted you probably have
2: you, that's the you, a best, you best don't best keep stories. a lot of uh, a turkey I kept that turkey you know he had he had inch and a quarter spurs he has his nice turkey but I kept his fan you know I don't keep a lot of fans anymore I did keep his fan I killed him on the last day of the season. And uh, or he would have made it again. Mm-hmm. But I, I, that how that, many shots was it? Oh well, I don't remember. I killed him in one, but he had had three or four all year up until <laughs> he then. Had, had a and couple. I, I thought I killed him one morning, and it was as he sent his friend around the corner. It was his little friend when I walked up to <laughs> him. It's the wrong one, and uh, so anyway. But turkeys like that would Houdini when you name them, they're worth it. And I love the tangents we get off on, you know. But you know,
1: back to value, you know. It don't matter where you go. It don't If you buy a property in, in North Mississippi or wherever and you can't go that much and you can't have these stories like we're telling right here. You know, and look, to each their own. If you say, look, I want to drive to the Delta, I don't care if I have to drive six hours because my goal is to kill one hundred sixteenth year of my bow,
2: nothing wrong with that. Exactly, Slade, but think about <clears throat> me, for example. I've hunted all over the Midwest and a lot since I went to Iowa in 1995 for the, the first time I ever Went off out of out of state bow hunting was in it was 1996. I had just graduated from college, and I've been probably every year since that since then, and and sometimes more than you know Kansas, Iowa, Missouri, but the best two out of the top three deer I killed, I killed Neiman County, and because of the hours invested there. You I mean you may go to Iowa for or Missouri for five days, seven days, eight days, and. They're just more. Yeah, you got a better opportunity in that time period, but you can't go there every Friday. You can't drive there from New Orleans every Friday and hunt till Monday morning. You can do that here. And that takes us back to where we started, the price per acre and the demand, because you can spend so much. I've spent countless hours in Amit County for those two deer that I have in the 160s that came from Amitt County. That's that's tremendous for Amit County. You just can't. You can't. Sure, you could do it in Iowa every single year. You're, it, it took 48 years to get two in Emmet County, but they're here. You just you can invest so many more hours when you can be there on your land, you know, and and have the stand time. And uh,
1: just a asterisk on that second 160 he killed last, not this season, but last season, 2019. That was uh, one of Jack's deer. You know, I'm just. <sighs> I don't know why, but you know Scott decided to shoot Jack's deer once again. He was again, getting
2: away. He
1: was getting away, but I guess <laughs> that's why he quit. That's why he quit bow hunting the deer, the big deer Jack killed this
2: year. Yeah, I did. I went. I did stop bow hunting him. I was scared I was going to kill him.
1: But uh, so I think it's so important whenever you decide, you know, where you want to buy your dream property, where you want to. You know where you want to spend your family time and the type of property. You know if you want to have these these memories with your family, what type of property? Like uh, if if one of your dreams is to you know to, to catch a fish on your property, well we better be looking at places. Either you can build upon there already one there. That's another factor that adds value is water. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know it's 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 the same thing. You know if we go to if we get too close to the river and you know we're talking about flood ground. Oh man. Some of the we've all had some of the best hunting we've ever had down in the Mississippi River bottoms. Uh, you know, duck hunting, deer hunting, and I guess even turkey hunting. But, you know, you have to take that in consideration. Yeah, I can sell you a piece of dirt in the flood ground for sixteen, eighteen
2: hundred an acre, but you may not be able to get this would have been the first year you hunted it out of the last three. three.
1: First year and three, you hunted it this year. Now they had some phenomenal hunting, like Togo Island and some of them, some of the bigger clubs on the river, had, uh, Diamond Island, where me and Craig went. They had phenomenal years. And
2: if it's worth that to you, if 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 being able, if you're going to lose white line, if you're up in Yazoo um, in uh, Sequin County, you're going to lose it once out of every six or seven years. Average, it just mm-hmm. is an anomaly that they lost it two in a row. But if you're willing to live with that, the hunting is phenomenal. Yeah, that place that, that place is phenomenal. And it's, you know,
1: and, and look, this is not a feather in Scott and I's hat or any land realtor who gets to do it. We're very blessed to do what we get to do. But what we learn from these things is we get such a big sample size. Like I tell my clients, they talking about the rut and when it is and what the deer are doing. You know, I get the unique, and Scott does too, unique opportunity to pull a sample size from what the deer are doing What the rut's doing What the turkey's doing Deer management Timber management Property man You name it Because You know I know Scott I've got people That, that I sold them Property 10 years ago That I text them Once a week Or during, at least during the season We talk all the time Man, what y'all killing What y'all doing Send me pictures How old do you think This one is You take out a shoe You remember him From last year You know, you name it And uh, so we get A really big sample size And it helps us Be better at our jobs You know And, and Scott I bet he agrees with this because they, we probably heard each other on the phone saying this. Uh, you know, a client, a lot of
2: times, they don't know what they're looking for until they see it. If they'll tell me, like I said, the main thing is their budget. If they'll, because I don't want to waste a lot, I don't need to see a $2 million property I've already seen if you can't spend $1 million or if you can't spend, if you tell me your budget, how far you want to drive and why you're buying the property. Then I can save us a lot of time. Because at that point, I know, I know what you want, whether or not you know what you want, mm-hmm. and I know where it's at and how to go get it. And I can put, I can put five properties in front of you and you'll choose one of those five just from knowing those three things. And something that you know we run into all the time it is is, and
1: I, I hate it for my clients, but I know it's just part of the buying process. A client will call me and say, All right, Slade, I want this, this, and this. And I say, well, look. You're in luck I just listed Winkney beer I can be there tomorrow At five Let's go look We go show them Man this is exactly What I want But this is the first Property I looked at I think I need to go Look at a little more <laughs> You know I jokingly Always say all the time I was like Well man if I'd known You said that I've got to show you Some junk first Yeah
2: you got it you, They do I've been there mm-hmm. They'll say well I just started looking Well this is going to be gone If you
1: keep looking and there's no way to fix that because everybody has to get comfortable with their buying process, and not what you need to do with your money. But it's um, it's it's bad because you, you hate it because you, you almost see it coming sometimes, and their their eyes are big and they're looking around. Man, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Man, I can't believe this this is perfect, Slade. They get there, they talk with the wife or the kids, Slade. We love it, but listen, we want to go see a couple other properties. And you hate it for them because you know they do need to go see it. But at the same time, you're like, this is exactly what you're looking for. And on the same, here comes my little girl, Asa, in the, in the door. Uh, Asa must be wanting to buy some property. A little young, baby. I don't have that much money to buy some property yet. But anyway, uh, you know, the same thing can be said. I've shown people big, small, you name it, properties. And I remember one time in particular, I showed this guy stuff for weeks, weeks. And we were riding one of my other listings. that He wouldn't. I, showed, I I told it about him. And he saw it on the internet and never interested. It and we wrote, was riding by there, and I pulled in the gate. and said, "Hey, let's run up here and look at this." And he bought it. It was a like almost a million dollar property. And his wife, when he pulled in there, she fell in love with it. And he would have never bought it if we wouldn't have rode by. So, what I meant by that, you know, sometimes they don't know what they want until they see it. Right. And I tell you, Scott. The, I've noticed this, and you tell me if you agree. Sometimes I've got to get a client on the buggy
2: before I can ever figure out what they want. We got to ride around; I got to learn them for a day. Well, I'll tell them. I will try to tell them all immediately, especially if we got three or four to look at in a day. Before we ever, as soon as we leave the trailer, I'll let them know. Look, as soon as you know this is it or this is not it, you tell me because I don't need to see this place again. And if you need, if we need to stay here all day and reschedule the other three. Then let's do that. But if you know over the next hill, we go through a mud hole that you don't want to cross for the next 10 years, then we'll turn around and come back. But when they know, uh, a good client we sold several properties to, he said, I want you to show me properties till one blows my skirt up. And uh, we were showing him a track, and the first track he bought was the track up in Adams County. And uh, we didn't see but half the truck. And he stopped, he said, Stop the buggy. And I said, What is it? He said, I just need to know where to put the camp. So we turned around and went back. So he knew immediately that's what he wanted. He had seen enough and just half the track. That's he didn't really say it like that. He he had some more adjectives that come from South Louisiana. But Where does he own property now? I'm trying to figure now out. Now he owns a uh, in Attala uh, County. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, I figured out. He owns I, a high fence right, in Attala right, right, County. Yeah, yeah. We
2: actually just listed it. He wants to come back a little further South. Yep, yeah,
1: that's uh, it. So, I sold a property for him for you one time.
2: Which one was that? I
1: think in Adams County.
2: I don't know. You may have
1: anyway. Um, the uh, <clears throat> yeah. The, a lot of times, clients just don't know what they want until they see it. And, and look. To each their own. If you need to see ten properties, you know I'd love to say you one in one day. But if you need to send ten properties, you know we can go show them to you, or any realtor can go show it to you. There's other, of course, other options other than me and Scott. You know we've got a just, great.
2: But just you got to ask questions. They got to ask questions because even in today, even where we are today in in 2021, I recently got asked, "How much does it cost me to get rid of this timber?" And that's a question you you get paid for the timber. So that's, you have to keep asking questions because they just don't know. That's a good topic. Scott is a uh, registered forester or was a registered
1: forester. I guess you still are. He still has the skills in his head, I guess. But, uh, you know, so many clients, I hear it all the time. And Scott, I know you've heard it too, is, is, I ain't worried about cutting a tree. I'm buying this place for deer hunting. And it's our job. to tell them, say, listen, I know, I know, I know, I know you don't want to cut a tree and you've had leases and they clear cut your timber the the weekend you weren't there or whatever, but why don't we do this? Why don't we be smart about our investment and we can buy you a piece of property that timber is growing and appreciating. You don't have to
2: ever cut it, but you can. You have to pay for it. You still have to pay the value of the timber when you contract it. That's what you pay for the timber. So you're getting the growth no matter what. So five years from now, even if you never want to cut a tree, if it's grown at eight or nine ten percent, cut ten percent of it, and you're right back where you started. You've got and you recoup some of your investment and created so much habitat. And see, uh,
1: that's something a, a good topic as far as value. So, well, this is the way I tell my clients, and I'm sure everybody has their ways to tell them. I say, listen, I know you're not worried about timber and cutting timber, but this is the deal: treat this timber like gold bars in a pasture. I know you don't want those gold bars, but that pasture's worth more. With those gold balls sitting on them. And there's only one way we can go take them. We gotta go cut them down. So either you want a place with timber or not. And a lot of times, and Scott will back this up, we our market has changed in southwest Mississippi. You know, even in the past I've been doing it for fourteen years now. My family, you know, has been in this forever. Is, you know, it used to be where we were buying it so much timber focus and we still have that filter to look through, but man, it's transitioned to where our, our, our recreational values have gotten higher than our our timber values, and so I guess we are looking at the recreation a little bit more. And it's actually like like you said, you got like Scott said earlier, got a, what you want. You want a place where right.
2: you can go good good timber. That may not be the client's goal. Well, if the timber is a cyclical market, and right now we're you're. It's a huge advantage to go invest in timberland right now. But recreation side, the dirt is worth more than the timber on most tracks right now, unless you find a track that's just really. Loaded with old-growth saw timber, but in 1996 that wasn't the case. You know, we were selling four or five thousand dollars an acre worth of timber on a great clear cut, and now you may be lucky. You know, a really good stand, fifteen, you know, fourteen, fifteen hundred, and that's a really good stand. We recently cut one that cut two thousand, and you know, so again, that's a forty-five hundred dollar an acre. Land and timber sale because it had over two thousand dollars worth of timber and and if you advertised how many calls would you get if you advertised the place at forty five hundred bucks an acre? And that
1: that that you're, you're exactly right. I, I actually just contracted one and it took over a year. The place had eighteen hundred and fifty dollars an acre worth of timber on it and uh, we did sell it or contract it. we closing this week, forty two forty an acre. And I know anybody out there listening said you did what? Yeah, forty two forty an acre, but. It was when you back it off, I think the dirt was something at twenty three fifty. I sold another track earlier this year. It was within a mile of there. And the price was only like thirty-four fifty an acre, but it had less timber. And guess what the dirt value was? Twenty
2: three fifty. So it all comes back. It all back. comes back to the dirt and that's what you have to educate people on. Let's strip it down. Let's let's just get all the way to the dirt and then put everything back on top and, and build it back up. And so if you invest in timber right now, the market the way it is, and you know, you go, you, you get the timber cruise and you know, you put 22 dollars a ton on the saw timber and you buy it. And let's just say our market does recover. Housing starts are up, the population's growing. And let's say in three years from now, the market's $40 a ton. Your timber doubled in value, and but your basis remained the same. So you'll have capital gains in the timber and capital gains in the dirt, which is an entire another topic rabbit hole we could go down be, that would be a whole other would have conversation we to hire someone else to come and talk about mm-hmm. um, we'd be just dangerous enough to, to send everybody to, to jail the, to get a letter yeah <laughs>
1: <coughs> but yeah so what Scott's talking about is a value and stripping it down and this is gonna be another podcast one day but we'll touch on it a little bit right here so you call me up right now and say, "Slate, I want to list my property." I mean, you name the county. Well, let's we're sitting in well, Scotts from Ament County. We'll take Ament County. All right, so we're going to think about. Let's say, okay, I got two hundred acres in Ament County. Okay, I'm going to say, well, look, you know, pending a few different things, you know, your dirt's probably worth 22, 2400, You know, and that's very random, but you know, if it's a good track, like you're saying, it's worth that. Okay, so, all right, let's use twenty three hundred an acre for example. Alright, and then you say, Well, look, I just got the timber cruise. I got a thousand dollars an acre in timber. All right. Well, guess what? Two thousand plus well, twenty three hundred plus a thousand is a thirty three hundred dollars an acre place. Now, there's always asterisks asterisk of that. Okay, if there's a camp on it, of course the camp's worth the camp's worth. So if you got a hundred thousand dollar camp, you know you got a hundred thousand dollar camp. Electricity, water electricity, water features. Now if a place is really You know a history of big deer management, or 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 like you know a lot of big deer, a lot of turkeys, just a gamey area. Sometimes that doesn't that affects the dirt value, and of course it doesn't affect the timber value and things like that. Turnkey, how a place shows. You know, there's little things that you can do to make a place. Um, I'm going to tell you, for me, big deer pictures with date stamps that say like 2020 or 2021. That means a lot. When a client can come on and go on the internet and click through and say, hold on, you telling me those deer are alive right now. I can, I can write you a check and I can be hunting those deer this fall. That means something to a client. And I know it means something to them because it would mean
2: something to me. Yeah, it means something to everybody to know what's there. I sent pictures today on a, on a listing and I couldn't have, I didn't have any pictures. The leasers are pretty tight with their pictures, but the adjacent landowners gave me some pictures. So it's the same thing. On a lease in Kapai on a listing in Kapaya County today. Yep. Yeah. It's uh
1: it's always good to know what's there and know what you can be hunting. And it was funny, you know, t- speaking of that, Scott'll get a kick out of this. I bought a track in Missouri this year, Scott and old Ryan and I. Uh we bought a property this year, um, me and old Ryan and uh I was the buyer, you know, a little different. Like there's a little i I'm pretty good at pulling emotion out of it. Uh, you know, which is our job as realtors when we represent clients, I know you're emotional about this. Let's pull the emotion out. Let's look at dollars and cents and what's oh, smart. And it's easy for us because we do it all day. But whenever I spent my own money and I was buying me a place in Missouri, I found it a little hard not to get a little, you know, it was a little harder to pull the emotion out, but I was able to do it. But I remember, you know, <laughs> Uh, I may get in trouble With this or not, but I remember going and the uh the the owner had a bunch of uh cameras out there and you know what I did. I had the card reader in my pocket and I checked all the guys' cameras. <laughs> And uh he said, Did that guy check my cameras? And I said, yeah, of course I did. But guess what? I, I knew what I was buying when I went up there during my due diligence. You experience. always carry the
2: card the card reader in your pocket showing mm-hmm. especially the lease property. I've
1: had a I had a I had a landowner one time that I listed his property and he's like, Hey, I'm gonna send you a deer picture. I said, I got him. He said, What you mean? I said, Oh, I checked all your cameras when I was out there. He said, You gotta be kidding me. I yeah. said, yeah. I said, Look, you should have hunted two days ago. There was a big one standing <laughs> there. That's what I told uh, me and new rhyme were uh that Track you loaded up on the internet today. It's a new hundred and eighty acre listing we got in Wilson County. I told the landowner, I said, "Who's been hunting back?" And he said, "Oh, my son-in-law. He didn't get to make it up much. I don't think he's made it up since uh, Christmas." I said, "Well, if he'd have been hunting last week of the season, there was two shooters coming
2: every day." You gotta know what's there. It makes a difference, and mm-hmm. just knowing the history, and you know everything I do on my place, I know that it's to improve my place. But I tells I, I told my wife. She said, "Why are you want? Why are you going to do this? Why are you making this big field here?" I said, so it'll be here when the next guy gets it, and that's what it's what we're all doing. We're all preparing it for the next guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep it's it's so fun to improve them. And, and I, I said this topic to Scott earlier about something else is is uh, what you going to do with that money anyway? Like <laughs> like and that 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 that's a I guess a terrible thing to say because everybody needs to put their money in smart ways. But at the same time, if it's a place. Where your kid Kills our first deer I remember the first time I ever went turkey hunting With Jack I can take you To Scott's place Right where he killed The turkey And, and it's like that With anybody You know Um, I, I can I can take you To the place right now Where my son Killed his first deer I can take you Right now to the place Where I killed My first deer You can't put a value you On that You know what
2: I own I own The place You know what I just thought of this I might get emotional I own the place Where I killed My first deer And I don't even realize it Until we just talked about it We're at the old Well Road the old go, going into my place, coming from um, going into the south with Oldwell, where, where, oh, yeah. where we walked in, yeah. I killed my first deer on that road, running dogs. Who, who owned it then? Uh, Georgia Pacific.
1: You got you need to go make
2: you a little something. Killed my first deer right there.
1: Cool, cool. I it's funny, the deer place where I killed my first deer, I sold we sold that piece of property, but the old stand is in the honey hole plot in the part of Tatum. We sold it. I can take you right there right now. And if you're from our local area, there's a picture of that deer in whitetails with me and little Randy. I was sitting there with him. Four point came out and I shot him right in the butt. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, that's what we get back to is yeah, it's great to kill a 150 160 but, yeah. but
2: you know, I mean, it's a, uh, you always remember those, you know, G, uh, Gigi, my youngest daughter killed her first deer on our place. And, um, Jack killed his first one on our, on our, at our duck camp in Adams County, and Mary McLean down at the Anderson's in Longleaf. So, you know, I know right where all Where did part. New
1: Ryan kill his first turkey?
2: New Ryan, I think, has he killed a turkey? Now,
1: look, New Ryan's good at taking jokes. Was New Ryan the boyfriend that spooked the turkey? Like, you had to have a talk with him after he spooked the turkey, like, the first time he came out, it was... Uh, that was the... That was the old boyfriend. That was the other boyfriend. Well, hey, you're, look, that's good. That's that's a good thing. You should smile about that. The you other
2: boyfriend speak. could open a sack of corn when he showed up.
1: <sighs> you know, I that's put a
2: total different. I hadn't show. even
1: told you this. I put him. Uh, I put him. I I sent him to put a, a cell cam up um, during deer season, and I went and picked it up this weekend. It was laying in the mud.
2: The the camera fell over in the mud. He gets all in trouble. Uh, you know, look, your your Slade can work wonders. New Ryan couldn't open a sack of corn when he got here. Two years later, he's a guy at Tatum. I tell you what,
1: (laughs) I tell you, he's learning. He's learning. So, is that like a, is, is, couldn't open a sack of corn? Is that, is that like a metaphor now?
2: No, he's seriously, we're not joking. He could not open, (laughs) he could not (laughs) open the sack of corn. He, he couldn't open the sack of corn. Right. But he did. Look, he was a hell of a football player. He played foot. He'd been busy playing football, and he had – his brother was feeding his corn for it. Well, you know – Ryan,
1: you will get your opportunity on the podcast one day. We'll have to get somebody else to do all the stuff behind the scenes so you can defend yourself. I will give new Ryan some credit. He's been showing a little. He's been kind of helping us a little bit, doing some things, opening some gates and things like that. He's been doing. He's, he's been he he's been, doing, he's been doing he's been doing real good. He loaded a listing online today. He is learning and look. I look.
2: I heard my daddy say it about my sister my whole life. Now I'll say it to you, and one day you'll get to say it. You can't help who your daughter brings home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Ryan. He's doing good for me.
1: All jokes aside, the hunting lamb man team is stronger than it's ever been. Lori's been busy working. Even, um, what, she's six months pregnant now. She's been busy working. Uh, Everybody at at Southern States behind the scenes has been busy working help us. And now with new Ryan, like today, what he's doing for us, you know, he loaded the listing online, put all the pictures, ad copy, all that kind of stuff. And I was busy on a Monday after a crazy week with the ice last week getting able to return phone calls, set up showings, we got 5 closings this week and uh
2: man, we're rocking and rolling. I, I was looking at some of our numbers for early 2021 and they're consistent with 2020, which was our best year ever. So the market is it's on fire.
1: Wait till after this week. If
2: you see something that you want right now, you better get out there and get it. I sent you that what I sent you about today the 67 mm-hmm. acres in Amon county he said, "Well, you thinking I can come in two weeks?" I said, "It'll be gone two weeks. It's
1: hey, too nice." Anybody out there, listen! That's sixty-seven acres in Ament County with a three-bedroom, two-bath house. And if Scott sells it, he makes some money. If I sell it to you, <laughs> you get a better deal. <laughs> so, uh, so come, come look at it fast. That's a nice place. Isn't it New Ryan. It's actually, you know, you ought to get new Ryan to buy. It. He needs a place to live. It's over by your house.
2: I don't know about that. I think that's a good place. That's his father-in-law. We wouldn't have to worry about him feeding deer off, maybe. <laughs> can we get a GoFundMe account
1: for New Ryan to get his place in Amon County? You think we can – maybe we can test his marketing skills and how much money he can raise on a GoFundMe account to buy the place in Ament County. Well, this, I tell you what, I'll cut you – This
2: podcast is going a different direction. <laughs> you
1: know, he gets to edit this, so he can take all this out if he wants to. yeah. He said, "Cut, cut." Well, um, all right, we're getting uh, we're getting late into the podcast, Scott. I've asked uh, myself, and then I ask Alex Riser, and I'll ask you. And these, I just think this is a, a cool way to find out a lot about somebody. So I'll I'll ask this of you. All right, tomorrow you go pick up a lottery ticket from Kentwood at the at the uh, uh, truck stop, and you win a hundred million dollars, and just just something ridiculous, hundred million dollars to you. Where are you buying property? Uh, and you know, and what's
2: the reason where and why I would, I've all, you know, you, you, you think about things like this when the lottery got up to a billion dollars recently, I would start in, in Southeast Iowa. That's where I would be. You'd have to move there and declare residency, but if you had a hundred million, that wouldn't be a big deal. And then you could jump, you'd be close enough to the line to get you something in, in that Northeast corner of Missouri, but, and and then. You know, I I fell in love with that Medicine Lodge, Kansas area. Also, that's just a, on that Medicine Lodge r- River. That is, to me, that's one of the prettiest places out. That's there. That's from duck hunting. Yeah, from ducks, and I think your waterfowl opportunity there's, and and also your your chance to just grow the biggest deer you you could. But you know, would I would I abandon what I have built here in Southwest Mississippi? I wouldn't. Um, I would, you know, the Iowa. The legislature has; they've done a great job up there, and you can't just go up there if you don't know the rules. We could go up there and buy ten thousand acres, and you still have to draw unless you declare residency there. So, <clears throat> my my first spot would be the DMV to declare residency, and I then I'd start finding me some land there. But I wouldn't give up what I got here for anything. That's
1: basically the same thing, you know. I, me and Alex both said, you know, we wouldn't give up what we have here. But uh, we would I, – I would be the same thing I, if if you had $100 million, you know. I, somewhere in Iowa would be – I think Iowa-Missouri line Such if you lived in Iowa, you get three tags if you're a landowner, and then Missouri, you get two tags. So you're talking about five bucks and three turkeys, and you may get more turkeys than that if you're a resident in Iowa.
2: United Country had a track up there about seven years ago that was about 800 acres. It was 400 acres in an Iowa and mm-hmm. 400 in Missouri. The line ran through it. I went turkey hunting on that track with Jim Rebar and – uh Man, if it, different time, different place, different financial capabilities, that would have been a—that's the place i deer hunt on, right? That I may be, and that would be a tremendous mm-hmm. property to own.
1: Just a really cool area, and that's something we Scott's been able to do, and I've been able to do, hunt around the country, and it does make you lo- kind of wish you lived in some different places. But then when you come home and you do the things, that you really appreciate um, where you live, and and you know, you know, if I kill a, if I kill one hundred and thirty inch deer on this place where we're standing right now, he will hang, you know, he'll hang yeah, by these yeah. and I'll be just as proud of him. Uh, you know, just cause where you did it and, and you know, that's more what it's about. Of course we all like the big deer and, but the story behind it and where you killed it all means means a whole lot, um, to it. So, uh, kind of to end this thing up, tell you what's all going on uh Southern States realty. Like I said, Scott's the broker over there. Um, he's the guy in charge. Scott has held, um, uh, you know, since, me and uh, Scott Campbell have taking a little bit of a leadership role over there also. We're working to help our agents over there. We've got agents. I think we've got about 22 agents over there now. And, uh, you know, all throughout uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, and uh, all up in the north, north Louisiana, we've got some people that can help you anywhere. And we've got a team with United Country that can help you across the country. Now, it's official now. We did get number two in the country, barely, uh, uh again this year congrats I already told Travis congratulations but I told him several times do not get comfortable so uh
2: And congratulations to Slade Slade was the number 2 agent in the nation which is a very great accomplishment for anybody
1: and, and he's only saying that because he's won number one back when he was an agent a couple of times. So if you congratulate me on number two, it's like, good job, punk. But, but uh, I told the guy... I he sold
2: more than I ever sold. He did a good job.
1: I tell y'all... Can we get that going uh, the quote? Uh, we, um, and I told the guy who won, who's brand friend, too, He's won for a couple of years. He's good. And I told him, don't get comfortable, too. And his daughter, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but she got on social media and uh, she said... I ain't gonna lie, Slade, you made him a little nervous (laughs) And I remember we we went to that duck hunt this year And we were all, all the real Drew Lambros were there The top Lambros, and and Curtis was there And um, we got talking. it was like November And we got talking about numbers I said, man, if I can get a couple of these things closed You know, I'm gonna be, you know, I told him I'm gonna be over 50 million, yada, yada, yada And he said, you gonna be where? He got on the phone, he went to call He said, I'm good, I'm good, I got it covered It, It was pretty funny but uh, there's some good, we got good agents across the country, but uh, like I was saying with Southern States, look, we're rocking and rolling. We really do have some great agents. Uh, I have met with some landowners this afternoon, and I was telling them what all we can do and where the world has changed is from a marketing standpoint. You know, it's crazy now that, like— you and I seriously mean this, and people may not even realize this. Like for somebody to get on this computer right here in front of me and type in uh, unitedcountry.com or landwatch.com, we've gotten to a point in society where that's a big deal now. Literally, I'm finding just as many clients when there's where, where are they already at, they're already on Instagram, uh, you know Facebook, all these places. if they can't do it on their phone, it's almost too far of a reach, so we're having to adjust, and that's what United Country has helped us do. We're having to adjust and believe me. I, I tell my clients this all the time they wonder, why, why aren't you here? Why aren't you advertising here? Believe me, if I think I need to be there, I'm there. And I can say that about our team. Uh, I was talking to Tara today about where we're advertising and what we're doing and and you know things that we did even five years ago. You know some of the magazines and places we market it in, like it's it's kind of irrelevant now. I think you know the calls we used to get off of these places, people are on their phones. The way we market to people, our email list, uh, we just got a lot of our mailings. You name it. This podcast, right, new Ryan? I mean, this is how we're reaching somebody. You'll like this client today. I was talking to. He was wondering about buying a million-dollar property, and he said he listened to the podcast two weeks ago with Alex talking about how he could put additional land up for collateral that he owned, and now he's looking at a million-dollar property. So, hey, if we didn't do anything else, we may sell a million-dollar property because of the podcast. Ryan wants to know where his cut is so he can go buy that 67 acres.
2: All right, well, that's going to be— He's buying land and can't buy any jewelry.
1: (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) I hope Mary McLean doesn't listen. Anything else Before we get off Of this thing Scott I'm good I enjoyed it Slade Well I appreciate it Well look This is it For the Huntland Man Podcast I don't know Who we're going to have On next time But I'm sure They're going to be We're going to have Bear Cub on real soon I know he's excited About that Probably We got turkey season Coming up March 15th I know Scott's Pumped about that We always talk about What you need to be doing Um, You know we're still getting inventory of a deer starting to lose her horn, but we're still getting inventory about, uh, you know, what's going to make it for next year. We've got cameras out looking for sign everywhere. We'll start listening here pretty soon. We had that ice storm last week, kind of shut them down, but we'll start listening here pretty soon. And March the 15th and even the U season before that, we're going to be rock and rolling every day. We'll be bringing these podcasts to you probably weekly during turkey season. Have some guests on the phone. Find out what the turkeys are doing. Give you turkey reports. And I don't know why. We are going to have a blast during turkey season. We're going to be saying the good, the bad, and the ugly every week of turkey season. So we'll see you here in about two weeks. Hey, thank you for listening to the Hunt and Landman podcast. If you will, take a moment. Give us a five-star written review, guys. This really helps us out. And if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast, please share it with them. Bye. Wow. Wow.